Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. You are watching Aurora Weather here on Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It's Wednesday the 24th. We have the headline uh, above us and behind us we have the entire forecast going all the way to Monday. We've seen no sun for quite some time, but as you can see coming up Monday next week, there is some sun. Let's detail what we can expect and also waves of rain continue through tomorrow, which is Thursday. Today, once again, actually, this weather comes from the National Weather Service of Chicago, delivered to you here on Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Today, daytime high, 44 degrees, daytime low of 36 degrees. What do we notice? Rain. Today, going into the nighttime, stopping, 37 degrees in the nighttime high, 33 degrees for the low. Picking up tomorrow, however, 43 degrees for the daytime high, 35 degrees for the daytime low. Now, as we get into tomorrow evening, 35 degrees for the nighttime high, 34 degrees for the nighttime low. That rain continues. However, it stops. Friday, we look like we'll have a pretty clear day. No sun expected. 42 degrees for the daytime high, 36 for the low. 35 degrees for the nighttime high on Friday and 33 degrees for the low. The calmness of the nighttime, the temperature feels a little bit better at night. It's not as cold at night when you, uh, if you're one of those people who takes your trash out late, like I do not. Um, 41 degrees for the daytime high on Saturday, 36 degrees for the daytime low on Saturday as well. A very small chance of rain to come with us Saturday during the daytime going away and dissipating at night. 35 degrees for the nighttime high on Saturday, 32 degrees for the nighttime low on Saturday evening. Now, as we get into Sunday, 39 degrees for the daytime high, 35 degrees for the daytime low. No snow, no rain, no drizzly, uh, drizzly conditions. Going into Sunday night, 31 degrees for the nighttime high, 28 degrees for the nighttime low. Now, here's where we get bright. Monday, 41 degrees for the high, 36 degrees for the low. And Monday night, 31 degrees for the high and 29 degrees for the low. So we're in the 30s with a little bit of 40s starting off and then going away. Let's recap. Today, 44 degrees for the daytime high, 36 degrees for the daytime low. Rain today in the daytime, stopping tonight. Tomorrow, rain today in the morning, or excuse me, rain tomorrow morning, 43 degrees for the daytime high, 35 degrees for the daytime low. Friday, 42 degrees for the daytime high. 36 degrees for the daytime low. Saturday, 41 degrees for the daytime high, 36 degrees for the daytime low. What do we notice? Small chance of rain Saturday during the daytime to not follow us into the night. Sunday, 35 degrees for the daytime high, 39 degrees for the daytime low. Cloudy, no snow, no rain for Sunday. Going into Monday of next week, 41 degrees for the daytime high, 36 degrees for the daytime low. The potential for um, sunshine does stay with us on Monday. As you can see, it looks like it'll peak over what will be a mostly cloudy day on Monday. That is your weather report here on Good Morning Aurora. We have a great show for you guys today. My guests this morning are Joshua Myers and Sylvia Alston of Wintrust Mortgage here to talk to us and the uh, Aurora community at large with great information and a wonderful program. Stay tuned.
Aurora, good morning, Aurora, good morning, Aurora. The time is 8.03 a.m. and you are listening to and watching Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It's Wednesday, the 24th of January. Um, the month is going by very fast. We've got a great episode and great guests for you today. My guests today are Joshua Myers, Mr. Joshua Myers, Senior Vice President of Wintrust Commercial Banking uh, for Aurora Bank and Trust, and Ms. Sylvia Alston, Vice President of Communications for Wintrust Financial Corporation. How are you both today? Fantastic. Thanks All for right. having us. No problem. Glad to have you guys here as well. Um, so we're gonna start. We're gonna start with Josh because he's close. And then we're gonna <laughs> then we're gonna go to um, Sylvia. Thanks you guys for watching. We've got great information and resources for you guys today. Um, so, Josh, um, how long have you been in the banking and financial industry, sir? Well, um, I've been um, in the financial industry for about half my life, so <laughs> twenty years. Okay. Um, and uh, so, before joining WinTrust. I spent most of my time between two of the largest banks in the United States. So um, I started from kind of from the ground up. Mm -hmm. I worked as a personal banker, just working with consumer accounts, helping them with their, you know, mortgages, their deposit accounts, um, you know, lending needs, also investments. I was an investment advisor as well. Um, then worked. I really kind of gravitated towards the small business owners. Yeah. Um, I always liked learning about their business, how they got started. Um, so eventually, I moved in uh, to the small business banking role there. Um, so that at that time, it was just dealing with smaller companies uh, up to about a million dollars in annual sales. Okay. Um, but for for the vast majority of my career, I've worked with uh, larger companies between the ranges of a million dollars to twenty five million dollars in okay. annual sales. So. Um, that's what I've been doing for the past 15 years, I'd say. Um, so I like working with business owners and, uh, like I said, I love learning about their business. Um, I've worked all over the Western suburbs. So okay. as far as Yorkville, um, as close to the city as St. Glen Ellen, uh, as far up North as Algonquin. Wow. And, but I spent most of my time in Geneva okay. and now Aurora, but uh, yeah, big market I covered, uh, over my time. Uh, so I understand the, the differences in the in the different markets and um, kind of the challenges that business owners face. Okay. Um, so Wintrust kind of has always been a, a destination point for me, somewhere that I uh, always kind of wanted to land in my career. Um, you know, it's it's known as Chicago's Bank. Right. It's, it's kind of the last bank standing here in Illinois. We're headquartered here in Illinois. Um, so I, I think they, they reflect and understand the the diverse communities that that we serve here so it's it's Wintrust has always been a huge competitor of mine so mm -hmm. when i was at those other banks um i always felt like i could beat anybody out there just because of my relationship with my customers um rates were i felt like i could structure something or mm -hmm. structure a deal or get them the rates to make it most advantageous for them but um when i went up against Wintrust, i i can't name one deal i won so uh, <laughs> why is that? I, you know, I, honestly, um, I think it comes down to Wintrust's philosophy okay. and, and the mission All right. of Wintrust. So we offer the resources and tools of, of like a large bank, mm -hmm. anything the big banks can do. Um, but we also give the customers the personal attention and the focus that they deserve kind of like a small local family-owned business. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, now, how long has Aurora Bank and Trust been in the Aurora community? Um, about as long as Mayor Irvin's been in office. So okay. six, seven years, All I'd right. say. Um, so we, we, we just want to make it clear to everybody here in Aurora that we're here. Right. Um, we're expanding, we're growing, and we're here to support um, Aurora and all the businesses here. Uh, thrive. Okay. Um, so what's the relationship between AB&T, um, an acronym we use, Aurora Bank and Trust, right. um, and Wintrust? Can you help explain the charter system and yeah. also the benefits to the um, uh, system? Yeah, and I'll, I'll let uh, Sylvia talk a little bit okay. here. But uh, right. to start, um, Aurora Bank and Trust is, is where I'm out of, um, but it's a charter of Wintrust. So it's part of St. Charles Bank and Trust, okay. which is one of the 15 charters of Wintrust. Um, so this charter structure kind of allows the bank to be responsive 
to the distinct needs of the communities that we serve. Um, also providing that personal attention and customer service okay. as well. Um, that I think kind of gets lost with the big banks. Right. Um, so let's say, uh, for instance, someone comes in and they ask for a $100 million commercial loan for their multinational company. Um, working with a small bank, they're most likely not going to know where to go with that. Right. Um, working with a big bank, from I can speak from experience, it takes a while to find where to go with it. And once you do, most likely it's outsourced, uh, meaning it's not local. Okay. And it can become a little bit intimidating for the client and difficult to get things done. Um, so as a smaller community bank, um, you know, we, we're able to um, make decisions quickly. Uh, we can make them locally, which means I don't have credit underwriters in a different state across gotcha. the country. Right. That does, they don't understand our, our, our market and, you know, what, what works here and what doesn't. Um, my credit analysts that I, my team I work with are literally outside my door. Okay. So I can walk over to them, speak with them. And the chief credit officer that essentially, you know, makes the final call on all those is right down the hall. Gotcha. So, you know, usually same day I can get a pretty good feel if we're going to be able to get something done for a customer or not. Okay. So it's, it's, we're very quick, we're very nimble, and we're able to move um, at the customer's pace. Okay. Um, but, yeah. That's a very big, that's a great advantage. And mm-hmm. Sylvia, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no problem at all. And just to the extent that Aurora Bank and Trust is local, um, Wintrust is headquartered right here in Illinois, and we can make decisions quickly, locally, logically, and locally, and leverage the resources of the specialized departments across the company. Um, we have 40 product partners to support Wintrust Commercial Banking. Um, in addition to international services, there's multinational banking, there's asset-based lending, there's trust services, wealth management, mortgage, equipment finance. So there's whatever the customer needs here in Aurora, we can put the package together for them. Okay. Very, very, very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, the time is 8, 10 a.m. Michael Rayford, good morning to you. Tracy Hodges and Nancy Juarez, good morning to hey, all Michael. of you. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Great people. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. we know Michael Rayford. Yes, good morning sir. to you. Liz Aka, Josie Mendoza-Geller, and Daniel Calderon. Good morning to all of you guys. All right. Um, so next question is, um, Aurora as a city is positioned to grow exponentially, uh, and this administration has made development a priority. How can Wintrust support new and existing businesses? That, well, that's exactly why we're here today. Okay. Um, we want to uh, bring awareness to the community that Wintrust is here to facilitate Aurora's growth. Um, we want to help new and existing businesses thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be a, a partner to the city of Aurora. and. You know, personally, I have great admiration for what Mayor Irvin and his administration has been able to do, hiring great people like you, creating this media center. Um, the, the city's vibrant. Um, you know, I live here in Aurora. I work in Aurora. I, I'm very passionate about the growth of Aurora. <laughs> so this is all um, near and dear to my heart. So I'm really here um, to, help, to help bring awareness that Wintrust is here to help Aurora. Right. So uh, now, many of our listeners are involved in the nonprofit community, either as executive uh, directors or board members. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, what products and services does Wintrust, excuse me, Wintrust offer uh, the nonprofit, government, and healthcare? Yeah. So, um, you know, for for privacy's sake, I won't name names, but we already bank most of the uh, the government and uh, municipalities okay. here in the Greater Fox Valley market, mm-hmm. um, and also the not for profits. So. Um, we handle many of these relationships directly under the St. Charles Bank and Trust Charter, okay. which stretches all the way from Elgin um, to St. Charles, Geneva, down to Aurora, and then as far west as Rockford. Um, okay. So it's a, it, it's a big market. We're, um, we're able to give incredible customer service. We help maximize uh, their, their investments and in, um, uh, interest potential, their earnings, uh, while minimizing their banking costs. Okay. And, and was it 15 charters that you mentioned? Mm-hmm. Okay, total. 15 charters, right. 15 charters total. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to so mention the FDIC? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to chime in and say. Another benefit of the charter structure is our MagSafe program. With having 15 community bank charters with MagSafe, an individual or entity can increase the 
maximum amount of federal deposit insurance coverage from 250000 to $3.75 million per account holder. That's an unmatched level of protection. So whether you're talking about a business or a nonprofit or a municipality, we can support. FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom worked there when I was a kid. Really? Yes, I've known FDIC. FDIC <laughs> was one of the first acronyms I ever learned. It's 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 actually how, what I learned what an acronym was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like like oh, I remember like being like blown like oh, <laughs> like I know what an acronym is. Um, okay. So now um, now and we did just mention. Um, uh, nonprofits, but in your role, uh, excuse me, in addition to your role as Senior VP for Wintrust Commercial Banking, you've also recently become a board member and treasurer for Two Rivers Head Start Agency, yeah. which we know very well on this show. Um, tell us about the organization, your goals as a new board member, and what the people of Aurora can expect. Yeah, well, that I mean, I'm very proud to be a part of Two Rivers Head Start Agency. Um, it's it's uh, uh, their mission is to alleviate the effects of poverty by providing education, support services, and opportunities for children, families, and communities here in the Fox Valley, uh, King County area. Mm -hmm. So Two Rivers Head Start, what it is, is it's a, it's a preschool program uh, for ages three to five years old. There's three locations. There's Aurora, there's Elgin, and Sycamore. So each location provides full day and full, even full year, uh, high quality early childhood programs. Okay. Um, programs, again, for ages three to five years old. There's also other services that they provide uh, other than just preschool. Um, they do rent and water bill assistance. Um, they have a food pantry right here on the west side of Aurora uh, that's open three days a week. I've been to it, it's amazing, they help over 3,000 families last year alone. Okay. Um, they have medication programs to help with those costs, um, car repair programs, and education assistance. So overall, we've helped over 4,000 families in 2023 alone. Mm. Um, so for more information or to apply, um, it's uh, you could call the number 630-907-9525 or just go to the website, um, which is uh, trhsa.org, which stands for your acronym. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah. Two Rivers Head Start Agency.org. So trhsa.org. So go there um, to learn more. And uh, if anybody wants to donate, you should be able to do so on Facebook. So Everybody at home is now like, I know what an acronym is. That's right. That's what we do on the show. We teach people. Amy Seahawk, good morning to you. Mary Garza, good morning to you as well. So um, just real quick, plants a quick flag in the conversation. For those folks who've been watching this show forever, you guys, you guys already know that we do share Two Rivers information a lot. Um, so anything that they have going on, if it's a benefit to Aurora households, you can always find it here on Good Morning Aurora. Okay, so now, um, uh, how can our listeners contact you or learn more about Aurora Bank and Trust? Well, I mean, Aurora Bank and Trust is um, right on Galena Boulevard um, on the west side of Aurora. Mm -hmm. So it's at 2287 West Galena Boulevard. You can simply call the branch to 630-377-9500, um, um, and you can contact me for any uh, commercial banking needs. 2287 uh, West Galena. By the mm -hmm. Dunkin' Donuts? I'm sure there's one over there, but... Right? <laughs> there, right? There, uh, there's all these over there. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, you guys are right across the street Walgreens from there. right there. I mean, but again, every yeah. corner's got those. Too, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really narrow it down. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt your train of thought. I'm sorry. No, that's it. That's it. And then, uh, I, was there something that you wanted to mention about, um, you know, us serving on boards and... Interesting yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, I, well, first I'll say that good morning, Aurora. Uh, viewers can learn more about Wintrust by um, visiting our website at www.wintrust.com. W-I-N-T-R-U-S-T. We have trust in our name. Um, and I would say really encourage, encourage you to, to visit our website. Um, community involvement is central to what we do, whether we're serving on boards or hosting shredding events or marching in local parades or volunteering for, what, for local prop, nonprofits. 
employees of Wintrust are really proud to invest in and give back to the community, and we love being part of a company that believes in that as well, and investing in the communities and the neighborhoods we call home. So www.wintrust.com. And those shred events, are those, um, people can find out more about those on the website as well too, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, all right. Uh, the shred events, there's something that I've been seeing uh, come about more often past couple of years. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that the importance of completely destroying one's documents in a safe, mm -hmm. responsible fashion has started to catch on. And mm -hmm. I see a lot more of these shred events now, and that's a, mm -hmm. that's a really good thing. So when, mm -hmm. if anybody sees the shred events happening with Wintrust, we encourage you uh, to come on out and, mm -hmm. um, and support those. Okay, now uh, once again, www.wintrust.com or you can call 630-377-9500. And you can, you can visit them at uh, 2287 West Galena Boulevard. Um, okay. Now, the time is, uh, time is 819. The show, what we've done on the show here um, is we've, in the guests that we meet and the people that we come to know, um, we ask them about what they think about Aurora going forward next five years. How do you guys see Aurora developing in the next five, ten years? Just the future. What's your What's your feel? Are we Are we optimistic about our city? How do we feel about that? Yeah. Well, as I said, I live here in Aurora, so the the new casino is going to be within a mile radius of, of where I live. Um, so you get mixed reviews. Sure. You know, um, you got people fighting against it, but personally, I'm I'm all for progress mm -hmm. and. Um, I, I understand the reasoning behind it. Um, the casino in downtown Aurora, although it made sense in the past because of the laws needing to you know have it on the water, right. um, that no longer applies. Right. So why are we having people from long and far drive down the interstate then through our downtown area con creating congestion and um, really not shopping in the local shops? Um, so being right off the interstate, making it new and, and attractive, I think it's going to uh, drive great income mm -hmm. for for the city as a whole. It's going to create jobs, um, and it also allows Aurora downtown to kind of revitalize. And um, I think it's really going to help the businesses here, right. creating more places to uh, live rather than just parking for, right. for exactly. a casino. Right? Exactly. So I'm I'm excited about it personally. I think it's a a really great thing. Okay, Sylvia. What do you think about our growth uh, going forward? How do you feel about our, our wonderful city? I think that the, the sky's the limit in terms of what we can achieve here in Aurora and across the state of Illinois. Yeah, I'm, uh, I live and work here as well, and I can't wait to see uh, the many things that the city has um, coming up. I mean, I, I just close my eyes. I think about the next five, ten years, too, and I just see – growth and opportunity for people yeah. you know aurora households coming up doing better um yeah. better access to resources mm -hmm. and connections being made i mean you know from two rivers head start being a um being a local nonprofit, an individual like yourself being on the board other people who are <coughs> in the nonprofit, everybody's working together to to make the city great, you know, it's like they say, a rising tide lifts all boats, and I'm, I'm just, I'm excited for it, you know. Yeah. I've seen the city grow a lot since I've been here, and in the three years that we've been doing this show, this will be our fourth year doing it, mm -hmm. and from then till now, it's just a lot of changes, I a lot agree. of great changes. I've, I've, I'm, I've lived here for 10 years, and um, in that time, you know, there was, you go to downtown Aurora in the past, and there wasn't, you know, much. Right. Um, and now, I mean, you can literally spend a day just shopping. The, the, there's neat little shops. Um, there's a, a, like a boutique. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife loved it. She could have a drink while she shopped. And Wick I Wickwood House. Uh, that must be it. Yeah. <laughs> and right next door, there's that coffee shop. That, uh, it's Society Fifty Seven. That's it. Yeah, that's the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And then from there, I brought my son uh, over to like it's like a plant shop. I, and I'm sorry, I don't know all the names, but mm -hmm. it, you know just. You keep, it keeps going. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. we could literally spend a day doing that. The Yeti station is amazing. On Broadway. Right here. Yes, yep. And yep. it's uh, old, for all the old school gamers out there, it's just arcades yep. and pinball machines, like the old school ones. Yeah. 
I don't know how mm-hmm. this guy, the guy that works there, can repair all this stuff. I don't know how because yeah. I, I didn't know they could, they existed anymore. He was born um, for it. But yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's affordable, and you can literally spend hours just playing video games there because it's a, it, you pay. I think it's like twenty bucks, and it's all you can play all day. So, okay, mm-hmm. and you can leave and come back. So you go get lunch <laughs> or dinner and come yeah. back. So yeah, it's really cool. Okay, um, so I just want to go over a couple more things. Um, Fifteen charters. Yes. Yep. Fifteen charters in the state, um, and um, you yourself, um, Josh, you have been first a personal banker and a small business banker. Um, thank you for sharing your story with mm-hmm. us. And if people want to get involved and learn more, they can go to www.wintrust.com mm-hmm. uh, to learn more. Check out the events and everything going on too. So, um, all right. Time is eight twenty-four a.m. Um, the show or our, our section ends on a positive note. What is your message today for the people of Aurora? Well, we're here. Uh, we're in the market. And we're here to help businesses thrive here in Aurora. So, let's do this. Okay. You just got a shout out on on uh, in the chat. <laughs> Michael Rafer says, "I didn't have my glasses on." Is that Josh Myers? <laughs> yeah, it is, man. <laughs> Is that, is that Mike Rafer? <laughs> Mike, you're like 20-something minutes late. <laughs> um, uh, good morning to uh, Yvonne, Angie Tapia, and my dear friend Jordan Eichelberger and Joe Jackson, our dear friend Joe Jackson. Good morning to you guys. Okay, so we are going to um, we're gonna go to a commercial right now. I want to thank you guys once again for coming on this show. Um, this was a really good conversation. This Thanks is a really good, really good conversation. Mm-hmm. And if we can be of assistance to you guys going forward, you know, please let us know. Um, we look forward to sharing everything that, that Wintrust and Aurora Bank and Trust have to offer, folks. Okay. All right. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the thing. Nobody's really here when I give you guys the other half of the thing. So this is kind of intimidating right now. <laughs> um, we have a great second portion for you guys. Um, our guest today is going to be Zach, who is a member of the Aurora Democratory, excuse me, Aurora Democracy Participation Hub. Ugh, it's a mouthful. Um, but we're going to go to a commercial right now. I want to thank Josh and Sylvia one more time. And if you need any other information from Wintrust, don't be afraid to go to the website, www.wintrust.com. We'll see you back on the flip side. The Community Foundation was created by a group of people who got together and wanted to make a difference. 75 years later, the Community Foundation makes a huge impact on the lives of hundreds if not thousands of people in the community. All started with the small but promising beginnings of just a few people who wanted to do something good. The Community Foundation is made up of all the citizens, really, who want a better community. And really, anyone who wants to do good in the community but doesn't know how to do it, the Community Foundation is the perfect solution because for 75 years, we've been making an impact by connecting donors that care with causes that matter. So it's multifaceted, and it's an organization that isn't there just to serve a certain small constituency or a special need, but rather the community as a whole. So many generous donors have left a legacy with us because we are a trusted resource and we make being philanthropic an easy task. In my mind, it always seemed like a really complicated process. Here, it's it's just effortless. The Community Foundation does all the administrative work for you. I just make a phone call, they're on it, they they get back to me right away. It's been seamless. Our scholarship program is just incredible. I had no idea the impact that the foundation has on these kids. You know, some of these districts that we're working with here are some of the neediest districts in the state. It renews your faith in humanity, you know. I was the first one ever in my family to go to college. The scholarship from the Community Foundation has impacted my life and my wife's life in many ways. As you can see, it still brings a tear to my eye. Without their assistance, we can't do the work that we are meant to do for the citizens of the Fox River Valley community. You can invest your money in people. You invest it in people and you hope and believe that the return will be great. Someone opened the door for you at some point in your life and it's incumbent upon you, it's your duty to help open the door for others and you do that through service.
ladies and gentlemen. We are back. The number one morning show in all of the land is here for you. Daniel Calderon, good morning to you. Joe Jackson, Maria Chirito. Oh, who else we got? Jordan, I said what's up to you already. Didn't I do that? Mary Garza, Nathan Shepard. Good to see you guys. Luz, Elena Brambila, Guerrero. Good morning to you. Juan Cayetano, the whole family, and Tracy Hodges. Everybody, Liz Aka, how you doing? Okay, we are back with our... This is an interesting episode. This is this is gonna be fun. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this scientifically. How are you? I'm doing relatively well, brother. <laughs> Our guest today is uh, Mr. Nick Thompson, dear friend and also member of the Aurora Participatory Democracy Hub. Yes. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Yeah. Good to see you. Um, so you and I haven't sat down in quite some time. We have not. But um, but I've been seeing many great things. We're going to talk about the hub today because I think you guys have an an, um, an event coming up. Yep, the 27th. All right, the 27th. Tell us about the event. Absolutely. So uh, the event started actually uh, almost over a year ago. Uh, a good friend of mine came to me, Avalon, and wanted to uh, bring a project to Aurora to engage folks civically. And after a couple conversations and figuring out what that could look like, uh, we began a series of political education workshops, which other members of the Hub have come on and discussed that. We had documentary screenings. Uh, We had numerous just opportunities for political education and civic education. And then from there, what we did was we have organized what is called a PMA or a People's Movement Assembly. And that is what is happening on the 27th. It will be at Society 57. Uh, 9 a.m. to 3. It's quite the day, uh, but it requires that. A PMA essentially is a, a convening of uh, regular people uh, coming together to discuss pressing issues within the community, uh, pressing issues within the, the body or the politic, uh, the polity, and figuring out how we can uh, better address them. It is an opportunity uh, to create and cultivate community. It's an opportunity to build belonging, but more importantly, it's an opportunity to solve issues, right? And uh, you do it in a way that is democratic, participatory, and bottom-up. And that's what's going to be happening. We're going to have breakout sessions. We're going to have food. Uh, we're going to have like activities to really stimulate dialogue, but ultimately come together and figure out what are some of the pressing issues we can collectively solve together. Uh, this isn't something that is a one-off event because some people are asking me like well you can't solve all the issues and we're not trying to what we're trying to do though is get people in the room together to build uh that community and uh, to build that that understanding and have uh, a stronger relationships with each other because uh, the thing that really has changed history history has been relationships movements people coming together collectively deciding that they want to uh, take on a task take on an issue and that's what the pma is uh, going to be right an an opportunity for people to collectively come together okay um now what time will this be what what time is the event start 9 a.m 9 9 a.m sharp you have tea coffee and it was 9 a.m to 3 3 p.m yep 9 a.m to 3 p.m so what are some of the what are some of the issues that we're going into this um event like knowing in the front of our mind like okay this is a pressing issue so this will definitely be on the agenda yeah so folks and uh, to be specific so there's three people who have been like the fiduciaries and also like the i'm not part of the hub technically i'm one of the the three organizations that organize the hub okay so the uh, three, uh, it was me, Luma, and Avalon, mm-hmm. and, uh, and what we, we came together, and we want this to be of the community, and we want whatever issue arises to, uh, to be authentic and organic, but we have curated questions and activities to hopefully stimulate dialogue and some pressing issues we're already aware of, right? We're already very cognizant because all three of these people are very active uh, in, in their community. So uh, some of the things that have just been pressing recently are issues dealing with uh, houselessness and affordable housing in general, which I know you're familiar with for all the work that you do. Some of the issues are dealing with public safety and different forms of it, re- reimagining, re-envisioning public safety. Uh, some of the issues are dealing with uh, previous ordinances that have uh, gone into, that have like already been placed and people are interested in revisiting those ordinances uh, in an effort to ensure they're more equitable. So that's really what the 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 three things that have already been discussed, but there's a lot. So when we sat down trying to curate the questions, mm-hmm. we've tried to leave them open-ended uh, because we really don't know what's going to come of it because uh, the idea is people are going to come and have a discussion, uh, engage in activities, talk about their personal experiences as well, and that's going to shape really what ends up being the campaign or the 
policy or the practice or the initiative that folks are going to be supporting. So, uh, Tracy Duran, good morning to you. Um, so here's the 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 thing that comes most readily to mind too is that like when we talk about you've mentioned this before too, like all ordinances and things like that are subject to be changed. Like change can happen. Like you, it is it is completely possible to get um, an ordinance or um, something at that at the city level change to favor a better outcome but a lot of that work and how it's done i think um people have been apathetic and they don't know that and that's kind of caused them to like just say i'll leave it in the hands of my whoever elected official or my you know my whatever person so as you've been doing this work have you seen that people have a better understanding now? Like, is there a, a, a greater enlightening? Are, are, are people, I'm sure people are leaving a little bit more energized and able to see like, oh, wait, this isn't as insurmountable of a, of a thing as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, at times change can seem unprecedented, which then uh, just generates a general apathy, as you mentioned, a kind of a disengagement, a, dis- a detachment from the political process mm-hmm. and the sit- and civic engagement. But what I have noticed is that once you can kind of break down the process a little bit and demystify it, people are kind of galvanized by that. And then when you can give them a vehicle, an organizing vehicle, and explain how these uh, outcomes in the past have happened, you kind of give them the what I, what I would call the toolkit, right? Uh, Malcolm X would constantly speak about the importance of raising consciousness and bringing people into the revolution, so to speak. He said, once you bring them into it, you don't have to do anything else. And what he was speaking about was getting people engaged in the action mm-hmm. and showing them that we are our, we are our own liberators, that like no one's going to come save you. And you shouldn't be passive and wait on a benevolent individual or some charismatic leader, that you should actively be a participant in the the communities, the politics, the bodies that you, you you inhabit. So for me, what I've noticed is just you have to almost retrain people how to engage Absolutely. in democracy. I don't think uh, I don't think it's uh, democracy is at its best when people are disengaged from it and just allow for representatives. I believe in direct democracy, people being active participants. Right. So you have to actually build that like that understanding of it. And that's a whole process. And then you have to uplift them with the just uh, the education on the, the variety of issues. That's why we have different uh, people involved, different experts, different scholars, so that we can have a strong base of what it is we're trying to accomplish. But to your question, I, I definitely have seen people leave with my, way more hope, uh, who have walked in hopeless or you know, indifferent, like, I'm going to try and listen and be a part of this, but like historically I've seen that these things not work out. But they're walking away with, like, this is a good bunch of people who are very sincere who are uh, dedicated and committed. And I think people can see how genuine folks are wanting mm-hmm. change, re- regardless if they agree upon everything. And that's part of it too, right? Uh, some of the values of the hub are consensus decision-making, right? We come to consensus together through dialogue and through deliberation, but not everyone always agrees immediately. And that's okay, right? We, we talk it out, we hash it out and figure it out. Uh, and we, we figure out how do we best engage in good faith to get the best outcomes for the most people. Um, how has the particip- How has the hub grown since the? Um, I think the last time, the, my first experience with you guys was uh, interviewing Indian Zach. Yep. Um, how's the hub grown? More heads and more members since then. Yes. So there's been some changes in uh, the the leadership, the the hub leadership, and then you have the general membership, and it's grown uh, a lot. And uh, I'm really happy to see it. Some of the focus I've I've had <clears throat> was really on trying to uh, mentor and guide the the hub leadership mm-hmm. and just be like almost like a, a voice uh, and and trying to let them take the lead i think part of building the, the democracy hub was in my mind threefold you wanted to engage uh, people who aren't typically engaged but you also wanted to build leaders who are already kind of actively engaged but are young right, right. and maybe don't have the experience so for me it, it's important to have both uh, leaders building leaders so that you can have a movement that's not leaderless but leaderful and that's kind of where we're at and i feel like the folks who have come in uh, at the hub at towards the beginning have grown tremendously and it's so uh, it's just amazing to see and i feel so lucky because 
Aurora benefits from folks like that. But then also on the other end, I've seen people who typically aren't civically engaged asking questions, coming out to events, and, and being a more active participant in, within their community and seeing that there are spaces that they can go to and uh, to feel that, that sense of belonging, but also be a part of a, a force of change. So I've seen it change qualitatively and quantitatively, and uh, I'm looking forward to what the PMA uh, once we convene, because I think that there's also going to be another leap in transformation and in and, and the individuals who take part in it. Okay, so once again, the event's going to be um, the 17th, or excuse me, the 27th, uh, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Society 57, located right downtown River and Benton. Yes, sir. Um, so uh, the time is 8.38. Here's the thing. Now, I want to, I want to paint a picture here, right? Let's let's everybody at home. If you're not driving, close your eyes. <laughs> Nick, close your eyes. Close your eyes, real quick. Let's 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 do this together. Yeah, we're we're friends. The world that we all want to live in, right? The ideal world. When I wake up, I open the blinds. What it looks like, what it sounds like, what it smells like. Who's in charge? What does that look like? What's the ideal world that we want to live in? What's 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 your vision look like? That's a good question. So. Uh, on the basics, uh, I would like to see a more democratized society and socialized production. And what that looks like to me, I'm a big proponent of uh, workplace democracy. So I think uh, especially larger like conglomerates, businesses uh, should have democratic uh, processes within mm -hmm. uh, for numerous reasons, like efficiency reasons and uh, the way that profits are distributed. Uh, it's no, I don't think it's any surprise that United States, one of the wealthiest country, countries, also has some of the largest wealth disparities. And to get to the core cause of the root of that, you got to get to where the profits are being distributed, in my mind. Uh, additionally, I think you also need massive democratization of a lot of our institutions. I think our institutions uh, simultaneously impact how folks engage with them and then how folks engage with them impacts the institutions, right, in like a kind of dialectical relationship. And right now our institutions aren't necessarily the most democratic at times. And I think that's on all levels, national, right. uh, state, local, right. and finding ways that you can make things more participatory. That's why we uh, call it the Participatory Democracy Hub, showing everyday people they should have a say in the, the going-ons in their community. And a part of that is not only transparency, but popular education. If people don't really know how to navigate the institutions, they don't have the education to do so. I think that actually should be of interest to leaders mm -hmm. because if the folks around you are not educated and you are a representative of them, you should want them educated, right? Absolutely. In, in, a, in, in a serious democracy, right? right? And, right. You know, and liberal democracies don't necessarily, and that's what the United States is, it's a liberal democracy for all intents and purposes. It, it doesn't necessarily put emphasis on that, and I think we should. We should want to educate a populace, and there are many examples of uh, directly democratic, participatory uh, democracies all over the world. You know, the Zapatistas in Mexico practice that. You have uh, the movement in Nicaragua who practice that, and they have, like, people's movement assemblies and communes and ways of taking a bottom-up approach that folks who live in the outskirts still have a, a deep influence on the day-to-day actions just as much as someone who lives say in the metropolitan city right so it's not up to your how much money you have it's just that you are part of the community so you should have a say right yeah um no i i that's so true man and i believe that that's the kind of see that's the kind of world when i have my eyes closed and i think and i daydream about it that's the kind of world i want to live in it's you know with with the events people need <clears throat> People need to be educated. They should know their rights. Um, the same way you have an ice cream social, there should be a know your rights training. The same way you got the the clown thing where they got the big stick and the whole thing with the ice cream, you should have a fill out the census training. 100%. It's like we can't, because I, I think personally too, like a community is smarter, stronger, healthier, more resilient when everybody knows everything that's going on. Yeah. And the only way that you can do that is by taking the people, I, um, I can't think of what you, the, frame you, the phrase you just used, but take it, they down here, bring them up too. Yeah. Everybody, there's no, there's, and that's what Good Morning Aurora is about. Yeah. It's about the people who never had a voice, you should be at the front of the line. We got to flip it on his head, but I I do think that um, 
sorry to get on a tangent, y'all, but y'all been watching. Y'all, y'all know it's August. Oh, we, we know what it is. Yeah, y'all know what it is. Um, I applaud the efforts that you guys are doing, and that's why I asked about the the growth of the group because I I I've been seeing. I see the pictures. Yeah, now you know. First, it was like ten. Now it's like like thirty up in there. Then it's getting we bigger and bigger. We y'all was deep. deep. Y'all was Look, deep. We trying to get deep. Yeah. Let um, me say something about that real quick because <laughs> it's important, you know. And I and I'm good for a Malcolm quote. So one of the things that I, I constantly try to preach is that when folks are do come to despair and they feel hopeless or you know organizing seems insurmountable, the reality of the situation is we are not outnumbered, but we are out organized. Right. So a lot of forces that exist already have their resources. They, they, they have their organization and they have their methods and ways of executing. We have to build that, and that is work, right? right. I never say organizing is easy, Not at all. but it's always worth it. You can't win if you don't do it. And if you do want to transform a world, like, I don't, that's why you never see me. I don't argue on Facebook. I don't go back and forth with people. I right. get active. And I always tell people, just get active with a couple of people, and you'd be surprised how much you can get done, right? right? And for me, again, it's important, I think, to always bring it back to the human element. It's, it's relationship building, right? Mm -hmm. It's rebuilding the world that we want tomorrow and doing that work today. Right. Already practicing those values, those beliefs, those principles, and bringing them to the forefront, right? The reality is, on a, and this is on a, a national level, we waste a lot of food mm -hmm. because people are scared of losing profits. Right. The reality is, the way property and land relations are, we end up leaving a lot of people unhoused and exposed to the elements, which actually fiscally, most studies show, brings down communities, right? When you could just do housing first initiatives that have been shown to be very, very effective and proactive mm -hmm. in places like New York, Montana, and Cali that have been tried. Stockton tried a UBI. So for me, a lot of these, like I think, forward-thinking ideas. UBI being universal basic income. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, universal basic income. They saw, what, the, what they, when they tried in Stockton, California with that, they saw that there was an, actually an increase in employment because a lot of people just couldn't get to jobs. They didn't have transportation. So for me, it's imperative that we put an emphasis on uh, the least of these, the forgotten, the forsaken, mm -hmm. I call them, that's right. uh, in our communities. And that's what the hub can, can be. And that's what the hub is uh, is attempting to do. But we need you, right? If someone's listening right now, you feel like whether you're hopeless or you think you're that's not really for me, it's literally for everybody. Absolutely. So just keep that in mind and be curious. Be curious. Come find out. And maybe you get there and it, it, it's not, but you won't. It's not for you. It will be. But you won't know unless you try. Yeah. And I, it, it, if you're not the, you know, if, it, if you're the, if you're the guy, you know, if you're the person who thinks it's not for you, then I'd say you have to probably imagine what the you is. Yeah. And let's say, there, let's say you, there was a world where there wasn't a person, we would need you there then. Sure. Because we're, we're going to be shaped by the amount of people who are there who bring their unique experiences, their unique talents and ideas that's going to ultimately shape how we move forward in the future. So I think it's imperative to get as many people involved as possible. We're going to have tr uh, Spanish translators. Right? We're trying to make it as accessible as possible because we don't want to leave people out because we realize in a lot of institutions and in a lot of cases of organizing, that is the case. We mm -hmm. want to be radically inclusive and ensure that we uphold our principles that we purport. Uh, time is 846. Ruby Sue, our dear friend, says the organizing and not arguing part is key. Otherwise, we lose ground slash validity. Dan, uh, Dan Calderon, John Lennon's Imagine and Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World. Good songs, my brother. You got some soul in you. Oh, I love our Latino brothers. Um, uh, Sheila T, good morning to you. Becky Hoff, good morning. And um, good for the mind, body, and soul. Now, Paul Dominguez, good morning to you, too. Here's the thing. I wanted to touch on Stockton. Now, you mentioned Stockton. Yeah. Uh, what about the UBI? The thing is, though, and I'd like to get your opinion, you know, Stockton has a history decades old of the kind of activism and organizing that, you know, the ground was fertile for that in Stockton. You know, right? We could do a whole nother one I know on where that. I going with <laughs> you this, know. and I have an answer. So, I love it. So, so my thing is, right, let's take our temperature here. Doesn't seem like our ground is that fertile. Is it getting more fertile? What is your opinion on that? Yeah, so, you know, I am an optimist, if anything. And the reality the situation is I use concrete conditions to inform how we move, right? Allowing the circumstances to dictate the measures. And it's not as fertile as Stockton, but. I've done a lot of work in organizing in Chicago, in particular around something called ECPS, which was the Empowering Community Public Safety Act. And I think it's revolutionary. And I think 
uh, eventually you're going to hear about it across the country. And it's a different way to do public safety where it is democratized. Uh, people are elected. Uh, one of my uh, good friends has been elected uh, to the police councils, and essentially they can have a say in the hiring, the firing, the, the budgeting, and the policy making of their public safety departments, mm -hmm. right? And they can establish public safety commissions, whereas then they can dictate and determine things like substance use as an issue such as, as public safety. So now we can allocate funds there. And it's just a different way of, about going to deal with these, these larger issues, right? So for me, that took a long time to get there. So mm -hmm. a lot of people see it happen overnight. There was a lot of organizing behind the, the scenes and it was a lot of coalition building and then coalitions breaking and then reforming. It took labor, the faith community, activists, and a lot of different folks, everyday folks, to come and convene. So part of the hub is, I tell people every time, like a lot of organizers merely react to things. They don't respond. Right. If you're always reacting to something, some headline, but you are not building institutions and infrastructure for longevity, in my opinion, you are losing. And Absolutely. It, you're ultimately going to burn yourself out. You'll be 10 years in the future with nothing substantial or substantive to point to that we've built. Right. I'm very big on institutions and organization. And sometimes that requires being focused. you got to focus your discipline, discipline your focus. Mm -hmm. And be willing to put effort in that you might not see the fruits of your labors immediately. Exactly. And if you believe right. in, like, mind you, I come from, my uncle was a Black Panther, Say right? Say it again. I am nothing but a reflection of my people who have struggled historically. I'm talking about getting off the, sh the ships from chattel slavery to the Jim Crow to mass incarceration that we're still dealing with. Like, I'm here because so many people struggled and some of them didn't see the fruits of their labor, but they still did the work. So I would be almost, I would be almost like sinful, sinful if I didn't do the work. Sometimes Absolutely. you have to be ready to act like the work that you're doing will come tomorrow because you've got to work like crazy, but be prepared not to see the fruits of your labor. And that's okay. Absolutely. So for me, what's your question? I'll answer in two ways. I'm very optimistic and that a lot of people coming together can make change, but I'm not interested in just doing it for myself in the immediate. I'm thinking about the future for posterity. Absolutely. There are people who I don't know yet who deserve a better world. Absolutely. And just like people prior to me fought like crazy, I have to do the same. I, have to be, I feel like I have to be willing to do the same. Or I'm betraying a movement, and I wouldn't do that. So Absolutely. that's how I answer your question. That is a that's a that's a heck of a way to put it because that's what it takes, and that's where you separate. That's where you start separating the men from the boys out of the whole thing, <laughs> you know, or the or rather the dedicated as opposed to the people who are just there for the, you know. I deal with a lot of volunteers and young people, so my my focus has always been on two kinds of people: the people who are there for the T-shirt and the donuts. And the people who are there not worried about getting paint on their arms as we work in this abandoned church or Lower Wacker Drive where you're not, you know, you went from Skokie to Lower Wacker Drive. That's what it takes. And you may not see the, we're not doing it for. We're not doing it for clout. We're not doing it for accolades or awards or even acknowledgement. We may not even be alive to see this benefit, but that's all right. That's all right. That's what it takes. And 100%. that's the thing that I think that. I, th I think just, I think in my own personal life, I th and in talking to you and in the things we've talked about over the years, I think that that's what drove me to actually either, either give a shit about it or quite frankly not. I'm not going, I, I need to be around dedicated savages about this work above lifting people and mm. the things that we're trying to do there's always a place for the executive board to help facilitate resources but 90 percent of the labor is the humans in the trenches doing it pulling people peach riot uh aid you know what I'm shout saying? Out to AID. Shout, shout out to AID. I mean, that's what it takes. You got to be down there with the people who are strong. You got to be doing that. Yeah. That's the work that it takes. And I think that that's one of the things that's impressed me about people in organizations. But it's also the thing that's kind of made me not go forward with other people organizations because there's just no they're not really they're not really dedicated to that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it takes. You have to be down for the long term and you may not see. You may not see the fruits of your labor, and you have to be okay with that. 100%.
I think it's beautiful too. Uh, Eight fifty-two is time. I do too, man. I do too. Zora Zapata. Good morning, Ray Dehan Paz. Good morning, Scott Hodge. Good morning. Uh, good morning to all of you great people tuning in. When we chopping it up. All right. Eight fifty-three is the time. So here's the thing. Now we um, the participatory uh, the the hub is on Facebook. Yes. People can join the Facebook page. You guys also got an Instagram too. Yep. Um, the event is the twenty seventh. Once again, it's gonna be at Society Fifty Seven from nine a.m. to three p.m. The PMA, the People People's Movement Assembly. Um, what's coming up after the um, after the PMA? What's the next event you guys got going on? And the the hub started last year. Yeah. When is its birthday? Yo, so I feel like there's a couple of dates because there was like the first initial meeting where it was proposed to me. <laughs> and then there's several meetings after where we were like, well, what does it look like? Right. So I'm actually going to ask Avalon. We have all our meeting notes. So I'm like, we can, I'm sure we can find it. But off the top of the head, my head, I actually do not know. But that's actually beautiful to ask because I'm going to look into it because we should do something for the anniversary of when it officially started. Yeah. So, You're not a guy yeah. who does. You don't you don't you like me. We, we're not just doing shit. You, you you did it for a reason. It, it it you know you guys have done it for a reason. It it lives, so we want to celebrate that, man. I think it deserves that celebration, one like year anniversary that. kind of thing. We're so. gonna tag you in the post. We're <laughs> gonna figure out the date, and we're gonna tag you in the post. Absolutely. Um, time is eight fifty four. So actually, I wanted to say good morning, Ray um, and Daniel Calderon. Absolutely, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. We are the world. We are the children. Absolutely. Um, you've mentioned there's been a couple of terms that you've mentioned in some of the other interviews we've interviewed oh, me before yeah. for many many different things <laughs> um but i want to pick your brain on this in the time that we have sure um for that for that person that never got started or rather for that person who's never been involved um i know the hub is a great place to start hmm. but if there were no hub where would one start what would you what would you point one in it and what does that beginning look like i mean for the person who need to be radically engaged via books and literature or do they need to volunteer what does that initial basis look like for that person who has been just asleep and now wants to get involved uh, yeah so in my work there's something called practice and there's something called theory a theory is the reading and the education and the the engagement and raising one's consciousness and you have the, the act the the practice which is the action the engagement and the organizing, and I, I say you need both. Uh, one informs the other, and without one, uh, the other is not serious. Mm -hmm. So I would say you should definitely be educating yourself. And I like educating myself in community. I, uh, for you know, when I think about how we uh, come to conclusions correctly, it's always best done collaboratively. So I, I like going to. That's why we host a book club through the Aurora Mutual Aid Group. But to answer your question, I think there's numerous groups, and it's really hard. And I want to shout everybody out, and I, I'm gonna name a few but ultimately you have to figure out where your values align and plug in i think that's where it starts and it, it, it can start from volunteering it can be volunteering at the aurora interface food pantry and figuring out you know food insecurity and food sovereignty are the issues that i want to take up the mantle of uh, both those issues are deeply tied to other issues of poverty so right you're you're going to you know eventually collide with other organizers sure. and then you 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 sharpen your analysis and figure out different ways to tackle all of them perhaps you know you are uh, deeply interested in uh, immigrants and the undocumented and refugees uh there are there's war relief but there's also the war rapid response team right i think uh, from there you you'll learn the different ways and the intricacies of the laws pertaining to immigration status and uh, seeing how that's deeply connected to local issues as mm -hmm. well as uh federal issues and what it looks like to organize in a way that protects those people and recognizes their humanity and dignity, right? I can go on forever, right? Ad, ad hoc, but ultimately it's finding out where your values align. And there usually is something that exists. And if there isn't, I would say what was imperative for me, and again, I am nothing without the people that pour into me and that's my elders. I'm, I'm part of the Black Alliance for Peace, which is an international organization, but we have chapters that are local and regional. So, you know, I have folks like Ajama Baraka who are my mentors. I have folks like, you know, uh, Margaret Kimberly who, who writes for the Black Agenda Report who I'm able to have asked questions to. Like the, the, the organization is intergenerational. So I'm learning from folks who've been in the movement for decades who pour into me and I'm, a, I'm, I'm able to make less mistakes because they can like be like, yo, when I was this age and we were going through a very similar struggle, this is the tactics we use that didn't work. And history doesn't always repeat, but it rhymes. So I learned just a great deal from those who have come before me again. So I would say tap into organizations that are already existing 
And that's the best way to learn. I actually told my men, one of my mentees, he joined an organization. I was like, well, join it. And he was like, well, I thought you didn't like that organization. I was like, I actually don't, but you'll learn a lot. I, you don't have to listen to what I say because mm -hmm. I'm not telling you what to think. I want to tell you how to think. Go join it, be with them, see their processes, see how they govern. And then after like a month or two, he was like, I see why you feel the way you do. They're not very democratic. I was like, they're not. But you needed to learn that. Sometimes you just have to go learn, right? Sure. And uh, that's part of the, the, I think, the process of figuring out where you want to be and figuring out how you want to spend your time because time is so precious. As an organizer, our greatest resource outside of our relationships, which is one, two is time. And we can't be everywhere. So it is important to find out where can you make the most impact? Where can you grow? Where can you help others grow? And where can you actually see a viable uh, kind of movement being built into like legitimate structures and organization that can make larger change? And for me, it, it takes time to do that, but it should. So finding your values, mm -hmm. finding places where they align, finding mentors if you can, and being a part of organizations that have historic kind of like, I think, principles that, that they uphold because you can say something that they uphold and being a part of that. Uh, there's nonprofits that you can get into. There's non-designated organizations. There's grassroots. I think just figuring out where you fit and uh, doing a little bit of both. I'm on a lot of nonprofit boards. The Community Foundation, we came mm -hmm. up here and talked to you. They do incredible work, right? Uh, connecting people who care to causes that matter. Like, you know what I mean? Getting really uh, in the trenches. You got like the Aurora Grassroots Alliance, which is an alliance of a bunch of grassroots organizations. So that was long-winded. I said a lot, but ultimately it is about just doing the work and having the theory to back it up. Doing the work and having the theory to back it up. The time is 8.59 a.m. You've been listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news. Here's the thing, Nick. You know, I we don't get to talk a lot. Um, you, you went from being on this show all the time to never at all. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. You know, I know you're oh, busy. No. Um, Here's the thing. I actually wasn't gonna bring this up, but oh, when no. you when you went there, when you went there, because I did tell myself, well, if he goes there, I, I have to. You mentioned the book club. I did. Okay. You did mention the book club. You know, I loaned you a book and I never saw it again. Asada. Didn't I get that to you? Remember? No, you did not. And that book, Nick, that book was that book was a gift from a friend. I didn't get it to you. No, I've never seen that book again after letting you use it. That's how good the book club is, y'all. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought so I, I tell you this. The they, station. I, I tell you this. They they got great books coming through there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I never saw that book again, man. And I wasn't gonna say nothing. No, you know what? I'm gonna go. I have a whole library, so like, I'm gonna go look. And I'm sure if I find two of them, I mean, just one of them is yours, and I'm gonna I mean, get to you. I've been uh, as we just talked about, right? Sometimes the work. You may not be around to see the work. That book being in out there for other people, to, I'm right. That's what's been making me sleep good at night. That's what it was for. Cause I had a copy, but it was someone who wanted a hard copy, and I saw it, and I was like, "And you let me borrow it." So yeah. I do appreciate you. So it really went to a good cause. Okay, I'm gonna get you that book though. See how because... you did that? Forget about the book. It went to a good cause. Hey, look, <laughs> you know, it's my mama said that. If anything, I had to get for the gab. Yeah, it's all Gotta good. Gotta revert. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 uh, no. But seriously though, and all joking aside, I wanted to bring that up in a you know we jokey fashion but like that book being out there for other people to read is powerful it's so that's why i've been like book. you know what that book went to a good home you know wherever that book is at that, that's actually being used but when is the next book uh club meeting for you guys uh next tuesday actually next this will tuesday. be the third session we are meeting at the santori public library and we're also doing it virtual for the first time we're doing a hybrid so you can meet in person if you just like that uh better that that environment or if you are, you know, shyer or more introvert, but still want to be a part of a community, reading, going through, a, you know, a text very thoroughly, but also very informally, a hybrid of options. I would say get involved with the in Indivisible uh, Instagram and we have all the information there. If you can't find it, get in in involved with me and I'll get you to the right resources. But uh, it's been great so far. We're breaking down a people's guide to capitalism. Okay. And it's breaking down political economy for the average person to kind of have a understanding of it because finance uh, as well as political economy can be can be difficult. Right. If, if that's not your discipline. So the book breaks it down in very accessible ways. And uh, we had a pretty good turnout and I think really stimulating dialogue. And yeah, please come out. It's not intimidating. It's very informal. It's people getting together. We laugh about the topic. We try to understand it better. And we have, uh, you know. Uh, Erica Garcia, my partner, we facilitate 
the the book club so we curate the questions but it's like again it's very informal and it's a way just to raise consciousness together because i think again like i said earlier the best way to learn is collaboratively also at society 57 centauri public library okay right across the street okay all right uh plug in the 27th event one more time for the folks so the uh award participatory democracy hub is holding their uh people's movement assembly and it will be at society 57 uh, you know, all power to them for allowing us to utilize the space from nine to three. Uh, there will be food, uh, child care if needed. Let us know that. Go sign up on the website for headcount for food. So uh, if you go to the Instagram or the Facebook page, you'll see you'll mm-hmm. see the link. It'll, it, you go to the link. You can sign up and it is it's free. And there's also a, a virtual option as well. That one, I think, is filling up, though. But, yeah, we're just looking forward to folks coming out. Uh, we'll be there and uh, going to be participating in a, a democratic participatory bottom up process of figuring out the most pressing issues. Right. You know, and engaging in our community in a way that I, I think just builds everybody up. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Very well said. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the time is 9.03 a.m. You've been watching Good Morning Aurora. We appreciate it very much. Next week, we are starting the show. Uh, the show's going to be at a brand new time. Uh, we're going to make some flyers and posts and things about that. Also, don't forget that Friday we go back. Uh, we come back rather with another great trivia question for another opportunity to win. The last winner, Daniel C., uh, will be on the show doing the weather one of these days very soon. So get ready to see him. I hope that you guys have a fantastic Wednesday. Take care of yourself and each other. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m.